Welcome to the Static Zone Podcast, where we discuss everything you watched back when TVs had a static snow cover channel before you popped in your VHS or switched over to channel three. It's finger licking good. I'm Scotty Moe. What the hell's eating you? Your mama. It's Corey, a.k.a. Tornado Jones. Oh, I would have went with the cat pole one or pole cat one. <laughs> you said with Good Burger, you love a good your mama joke. So I gave you the. Uh, that is true. I can't ever mm -hmm. pass up a good your mama joke. So. Who are you? Your mama. Who the hell are you? That's not what he says in a Nickelodeon movie, but something like that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're, there, there's no correlation between this and what we watched today. So, As you guessed it, we watched the movie that you can't find anywhere, but we found it near dark. Take it away with the bag of the DVD. Corey. I was about to say, I'd like to say I found it first and Scotty got mad at me and then Scotty found his copy. So. Yeah. Alrighty, so near dark, uh, in the dusty heart of the American Southwest, innocent country boy Caleb Colton, a, uh, played by Adrian Pastar of Mysterious Ways, is seduced by a mysterious girl, Jenny, uh, okay, a mysterious girl, her name in the movie is May, but she is played by Jenny Wright, into joining a roving pack of vicious drifters led by the enigmatic Jesse, played by Lance, Lance Henriksen of The Terminator and Aliens. But this is no ordinary ba band of outlaws. Caleb is now trapped in a nightmare of soulless evil that walls, no wait, sorry, that waits in the shadows, hellish mayhem that thrives on blood and absolute horror that begins near dark. Uh, and then I don't know why they just didn't put all this in one paragraph, but there's a second paragraph. Bill Paxton of Twister, and so you know when the DVD came out. Jeanette uh, Goldstein of Aliens, co-star in this extraordinary shocker co-written and directed by Catherine Bigelow, who also directed uh, uh, Strange Days, uh, that Entertainment Weekly calls uh, ultra-stylish, that's not one word, ultra-violent and altogether brilliant. This is more than, than simply the most ferociously original vampire movie of our generation. Near Dark is one of the best horror movies of all time. So there, I, I don't know if this is the only DVD release, but... Apparently, this is the only one Scotty and I have, so... It's not. There are others. One of them has the cover that looks like Twilight, and another one has one of the... That's also the Blu-ray. ...most punk rock covers of Bill Paxton just being bloody and bullet holes through him, which I thought That's was spoilers, one I remember. but it turns out it's not. Uh, so. it, well, it's a reference to a scene later in the movie, but that was the cover I always saw in the movie uh, in Blockbuster. Uh, so I always saw it and I was like, I don't know what this movie's supposed to be about. And then like mm -hmm. I saw it in the horror section. And I was like, I still don't know what this movie's supposed to be about. And I didn't watch it until much later. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great. So <laughs> Yes, yes indeed. Um I gotta differentiate between my notes and yours here. So where to watch it, as we started to mention. Um it's if you've got an Amazon Fire Stick like us, I yelled it into it and it came up and it also said like where to watch, watch trailer, but it says below it movie unavailable and i even clicked mm -hmm. on trailer and it said trailer unavailable at one point it was available the trailer yes. we found which we watched after watching the movie um it had shutter's logo on it so yes. maybe it's been on shutter but so i know for a fact because i followed this movie i remember i watched it the first time on a streaming service uh, it was part of the Amazon Stars package. I think we paid like five bucks and we were able to watch it because I watched mm -hmm. it two years ago for the first failed 31 days of horror. And uh, but then I've also seen it on Shudder. And then I've also seen it. Uh, there was apparently the Criterion Collection has a streaming service, but it's very niche. At one point. 
it's it's very very niche and at one point i think it was halloween of last year i was like yo you need to sign up for this because near dark's on it and you get 30 days for free and uh but i don't think we either of us jumped on that so no it's uh you know i've said my piece of old man screaming at the sky plenty of times with how shitty streaming services are um mm-hmm. we the like second or third time we did something almost got roped into a full year of it because they're all very i don't care who you are i don't care who mm-hmm. you support anti-disney anti-netflix whatever they are all super scummy and don't they either give you a heads up or it somehow goes your spam or whatever because it'll they ask you for a credit card so you forget to cancel and then it auto renews it auto renews even though you didn't actually you know auto auto renewing is like it's such a scam like what you got to do is if you sign up for it immediately because most of us sign up for that free seven days or free month yeah. immediately the minute you set it up then also cancel it <laughs> yeah or set a timer or timer a reminder in your phone but uh, re- i don't even trust that with me anymore <laughs> that's the reason i say that i probably didn't sign up for whatever you recommended because i just knew better that i would forget um right so i recently and lost then the blu-ray into the- something because they changed their payment processing method and so it just doesn't recognize my paypal and i'm like oops oh well i'm not gonna renew it you can keep trying but yeah so i don't need it so uh and then the blu-ray that released i think released around the time of like the twilight pinnacle because right. the cover of it is very twilight <laughs> yeah which is uh not completely incorrect with its portrayal of a romantic mood because they try to do that in this even though it doesn't right. need it it does it needs and i also get so little of romanticism in this but whatever right i get some vibes of i mean there's a little bit of i there's some love there's a little bit of twilight in this movie i know this movie came out way before twilight did but uh this movie does a whole lot better. That's all I'll say. So. Yep. Well, we're already talking about it, but let's not get too far ahead here. True. Uh, rare right. DVD, Re- Blu-ray, occasionally streaming services in the notes here. Lay out the cast and crew. All right. Ooh. We're going to... We got a pretty good cast here. We have Adrian Pastar, who plays Caleb. He's known from Carlito's Way, Top Gun, and he's in many, many, many TV series. He's known for Jenny- Heroes. He's, no- he's the mayor in Heroes. There you go, everybody. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I never... Never actually watched You've Heroes. You never watched Heroes. You're not a nerd. I, I heard, fuck you. <laughs> At the time of I've this recording, hearing... the writer strike is beginning again, and I vividly oh, remember, yeah. <laughs> vividly remember Heroes, uh, or that happening around Heroes because besides mm-hmm. Walking Dead, Heroes was the last time I was actively watching a cable TV show, and mm-hmm. when Tank. season one was out. It's still like one of my favorite standalone seasons in all of TV that I've watched because it was the first time this was before MCU. So if it was like the first time someone like brought a comic book feeling to life and then season two. Yeah. And then like this was when TV seasons were like 22, 24 episodes. I don't know if there were that many in that. But then the writer's strike happened and season two gets put out, which was a result of the writer's strike. And there were like nine episodes and it was bad. It was bad. bad. So get ready for more shitty TV as if. We haven't yep. complained enough about the plots of TV shows here, but, you know. I mean, I was hating it before it was good, or before when it was good. So when it's bad, I'll still talk about, sh- you know, I'll talk shit on it, too. So Yeah, but uh, he's from Heroes. He played the mayor. And then we have Jenny Wright, who plays May. Uh, she's from, she was in Pink Floyd, The Wall, Young Guns 2. And then after 1997, she just, I think she just got out of the industry. Like, she was just done. Hmm. 
And what's interesting is in the commentary that we're going to talk about later, it, Adrian Pastar actually said, I think the commentary was created in 2002. And he's talking to Jenny like they don't know where she is. Like he's yeah, like, I just, I literally he's like, watched Jenny, that if you, before yeah. walking in here again. I did Rachel's too. Yeah. Still watching that documentary. And he's like, I don't know. I tried to reach out to her. No answer. I hope she's doing all right. We miss you. I'm like, yeah. Wow, okay. She's the only one that wasn't in the commentary. Well, that and Homer. Homer wasn't in it either, I don't think. The, right. uh, Joshua John Miller. Uh, anyway, uh, we also have Lance Hendrickson, who plays Jesse, who is from the Aliens franchise. Uh, he's in Terminator. He's also in a beautiful movie called Stone Cold, among numerous other things. Scotty, I think you've actually got to see him at a panel. He was in that epic TV show, Millennium. What? <laughs> All right. Showing my well, I age here, show. I guess. If you know if a you were bit. a fan of X Files back in the nineties, you know what Millennium is. I um, couldn't watch X Files because it scared me as a kid. So <laughs> that checks out. I saw Lance Hendrickson in the panel in December and um he he's old and doesn't give a shit. So he was cutting people off. He was cutting fans off left I love and right, it. which was perfectly fine because it. it was him, Michael Beam, and um shoot, who was the other person at the panel? Um, oh, God damn it. It was he's the director of fucking Last Starfighter. And I can't remember his name now, but he also. Yeah, played, I do remember that. Played Mike Myers in Halloween. What's his name? The fuck if I know. Oh, I guess I have the better. Internet, you should so. know. <laughs> For Michael Myers. No, I Mister, don't know. Mr. I watch 30 Halloween movies every fucking October, but I don't I don't know who plays Mike Myers. Every time I fail. <laughs> yeah. Last you know Starfighter movie director it's like a robert or like a whatever or like a nick castle yeah 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 that it's was a the robert panel. or a rick yeah <laughs> michael was it michael beam maybe it was michael beam lance henriksen and nick castle so there you fucking go why no, that's was wrong. no that's wrong why that's were they wrong. all that's together wrong. that's wrong that's wrong it's not lance henriksen it's the guy it's uh the, the the guy that plays every cop in every horror movie um uh, yeah, fuck it. God damn it. I know this way. He's from uh, Halloween three. Every cop in every horror movie. That's what the panel was trying to be. But they they like said um, he said once in it. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Um, you mean it wasn't Michael Beam. You said it wasn't Lance Hendrickson. No, it was Lance Hendrickson. It was uh, Nick Castle. And then um, I'm talking. Why I'm was the panel together then? How do, how do they all correlate? We're, horror movies oh okay um, that's that's all you anyway i'm gonna move on while scotty hyperfixates on this real quick yeah just move <laughs> on god damn it all right we have bill pack the late great bill paxton who plays severin he was from twisters aliens uh predator 2 i forgot he was in apollo 13 because i haven't seen that movie in forever but he's also in that movie mm. uh we have Jeanette goldstein who plays diamondback she's also from aliens she's in terminator 2 and lethal weapon 2 and then we have Joshua John Miller, who plays Homer, who is from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, 21 Jump Street, and Class of 1999, which I think we might need to visit that movie because I've heard I've... interesting things about it. Nope, I will pass. Okay, Sorry. we'll talk gonna about it later then. You shut deny me down that. all the time, dude. It's it's annoying. <laughs> uh, you'll watch a trailer and you'll understand where I'm coming from, probably. Um. All right, uh, but that's anyway. the that's the main build cast we have. Uh, we're gonna dive into why everybody's from Aliens later on. So this is the worst article I've ever read. It says top ten sheriffs in horror movies, and it doesn't mention a single one of the actors' names. 
Wait, isn't it the is it uh look up the actors in Halloween three or because yeah. I don't know which one you're talking about. Uh, well, he yeah, I think he was going on record saying Halloween three was his favorite. So it's like it's not the dad from no, uh, season of the Witch. Elm Street, right? Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. That's right. OK, so it was Tom Atkins, Lance Henriksen and Nick Castle. Very fun. Three ornery old men. They but each of them said like individually, we're fucking tired of talking about Halloween. We're talking about everything else now. Like they declared yeah. it basically yeah. for the panel. So that's good. why if I could have went to that panel, I wanted to talk to him all about the movie Stone Cold because no one ever talks to him about the movie Stone Cold. And that movie looks fucking phenomenal. It didn't click until like months later. I was like, oh, Nick Castle, Last Starfighter. Fuck me. I should have like because I love that movie. It's one of my favorite sci fi's. Right. Anyway, uh, stellar no- cast here. We have the director, who is Catherine Bigelow. She also directed Point Break, The Hurt Locker, <laughs> Locker, and Zero Dark Thirty. And then it was also written by Eric Reed, who p- wrote the original The Hitcher, uh, Blue Steel, and Cohen and Tate. And also Catherine Bigelow, which Catherine Bigelow helped him write Blue Steel as well. They were both writers on that movie, I think. Mm. Uh, let's get into the numbers. The movie released oh, January... Should we f- mention who she was married to? Yeah, we can do that unless you wanted to run through the numbers and then I go through all the relevant because of the cast. Like he recommended. That's true. Cast uh, so she was married to James Cameron and this movie what was what a year. Yeah, Aliens came out in 86. So this uh, movie came out and it wasn't like she cherry picked them or anything like that. They just got the script sent to them and they were like, hey, this looks great. Mm-hmm. And then Bill Paxton like calls up Lance Hendrickson is like, Yo, this vampire movie is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lance Hendricks is like, hold on a minute. We just did Aliens. Let's not fuck up James Cameron's, you know, like we represent him a little bit. And then he read the script and Lance Hendrickson was like, yeah, let's do it. We're doing it. And then Jeanette Goldstein came on a little bit later. And uh, who plays it's Ramirez, right? From Aliens? No, Vasquez. Vasquez. Vasquez, That's what it is. And uh, so when I first saw the movie, I was just like, I didn't I did not recognize Jeanette Goldstein. At first, is that I why saw, I saw that you sent me a message? You're like, do you know who this other actress is? Yeah, that's but then I when I opened I, Discord, that message yeah. was gone. Well, so. I took it back because I was like, if he does know, I'm going to look like an idiot. But if he doesn't know, it's going to be nice to explain to him on the podcast. So I just deleted the message. So mm-hmm. I got it. But no uh, yeah, it's uh, so. They all agreed to do it, and then what's good is, I thought it was kind of classy, was that Jeanette, or not Jeanette, uh, fucking, where is it, Catherine uh, Bigelow, she actually called up James Cameron and was like, hey, is it alright if I cast him in these roles? And he's like, yeah, of course. He's like, I'm not, it's not gonna make me mad or anything, so, uh, but yeah, that's basically it. Also, too, I, I found out... that, because if you, like, an example... Uh, why people might be confused about why that should matter. The example I can think of would be Iron Man came out and then, um, mm. and then, oh my God, what the hell's his name? Rod, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. did the movie Due Date with Zach Galifianakis, which is not a bad movie, but it's like you were Iron Man and then you did this like, Hold on, hold on. He also did Tropic Thunder. So <laughs> That was before Iron Man. I'm talking about like, uh, going from, I don't think oh, it please. was, sir. All right. All right, we're gonna. I don't think it was. Hold, I'm gonna fact check it right now. I have to fact check it. This is just the argument podcast, right? I have to do it because I actually liked him in that. uh, 2008. When did when did Iron Man come out? 2008. Hold on, 2008. When? When I said. I don't know when it. (laughs) 
What'd you say? <laughs> when I say. Anyway. Uh, I can't. Now I'm hyper fixating. So anyway, this doesn't matter. They both came out around. around. I understand where you're coming from, though. What? Uh, Rachel just hit me with a factoid that is blowing my mind, but I'll leave it for later on in the moment here. That's perfectly fine. So, uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty classy. So, uh, but yeah, they went with that. What's funny is I think later down the road, I think Catherine Bigelow actually won an award over James Cameron at some award ceremony. I can't remember if it was Grammys or I'm sure it was Zero Dark Thirty because Zero Dark Thirty was like made as Osama bin Laden was found. And it was that's like true. And I think that's around, I think it, she beat James Cameron's avatar with, and so it's probably zero dark 30, which is fine, but it's, that's perfectly some, fine. Like her roster of movies is kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, Point break. Like that's the great movie, <laughs> which is that, that I would say like, if there's any like out of, you could pluck, I'd say pluck that one out of there, and that's something you find in college, and you think it's great. And then you try to look at the, like, it, you would not watch most of these movies with your college bros, though. You know what I mean? No. Maybe this one. I mean, yeah, you might, but certain, if you had a horror movie friend, yeah. be like, hey, let's but, watch this. You and me. And I, <laughs> I mentioned that also because the, the, the um, not commentary, the documentary we both watched, she mm. is hard to listen to in that. Because she is like, Uses, she's very surgical. She used the word gal- galvanized, which I've heard like three humans say like she uh, I don't care if I'm going to say this because no one's ever going to hear this. It's not like this is going to go to her. She sounds I'm like the picture perfect person who goes to art galleries and will talk to everyone and no one. If that makes sense. Well, she, that she she comes like her background is like a cinematography background and all that stuff. So like. It tracks and makes sense. Like it's a hard time. It like the way she talks is like "Mm, I read books. And well, I was I was working on the docket during a lot of that part. So okay, it was just like, but it's interesting because we watched an interview with her. We're like, who is this lady? And then we saw through Mm. YouTube like a Conan. She was on Conan O'Brien, and she's just energetic and she's just bub not bubbly, but like energetic. And it was like, was she just drugged out of her mind during this documentary or what? I don't know. Maybe they recorded it right after uh, filming because apparently the filming was brutal. Yeah, it sounds on like their it. bodies. You and just stuff. Find uh, also, Tropic Thunder came out six months after Iron Man. So, <laughs> oh, you like you're recording with oh. that six months after oh, it, Iron Man? Yeah, six months after Iron Man. So, <laughs> so that would have been so he probably did it before Iron Man. I'm just trying to think of like either that or during. Probably both simultaneously. That's, uh, that's he, a movie that it was before Iron today. Man blew up. Yeah, that's uh, a movie that, that there's a there's today, a very but... funny interview with Robert Downey Jr. on Joe Rogan's podcast, and Joe Rogan's like, "Can you do that character today?" And he and, and Robert that. Downey Robert Downey Jr. Downey Jr. goes, "You could do it." He goes, he goes "You could do anything." <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I but, think he had made something a, a point where he's like, yeah, uh, the backlash wasn't on me. It was on uh, Ben Stiller's character with his character of Simple Jack. And so he didn't get a lot of feedback from the movie or a lot of backlash uh, from sure. that movie. Yeah, it, I, I remember oh. a Jamie Foxx interview or something where he was talking about that. He might have been talking to someone in the movie about that movie mm-hmm. and saying how like 
him and a lot of people that you would think be offended by that actually thought his character was the best part of that movie and stuff like that. So it's just and right. but it, it's a recent interview, though. It's not like back in 2010 or something. So it's just ah, uh, there's some woke people out there that are probably getting their panties in a bunch oh, about I'm it. Sure. So. Speaking of that, this movie could not happen today. And I would love for a remake. And I think we'll get into why. But if I forget somehow and don't say it, I've said repeatedly on here, I hate how disrespectful movies can be. And the pinnacle is Prometheus, the end of that, where they show a xenomorph and you don't need to. But that xenomorph is saying, do you get it? Do you get it's aliens? It's the director of the first alien movie. Do you get it? This movie, the opposite. They don't say the word vampire once. They don't show their fangs ever somehow. Well, I say somehow, but it's low budget. So, you know, Um, but they don't ever like I didn't didn't notice that until you just said that. Yeah, I fucking they don't have fangs. Love that because not only are you leaving it up to the audience, but you're also not hitting them over the head with. Let's explain the origin story of every vampire in this group. You know, like if this, this was a TG, TV show, they would do that. Oh, yeah. But we would have a 20 minute a flashback of every. Well, OK, look, this is why I want to say that Lance Hendrickson, it might be one of the best actors ever, because in that commentary documentary, whatever it is, uh, the re, it's out, we're going to we'll link it because it's out of print. I yeah, think it's not on the DVDs we bought. It's not on the fucking <laughs> DVD. So I think it might be on the Blu-ray. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. On the uh, DVD. Uh, but there's no backstory for Jesse, which is La- Lance Hendrickson's character, except right. for the fact that he was in the Civil War. Yeah, we think he's the oldest, or it's it's portrayed that he's like the elder he's the leader the or something. Yeah, you know something. But in that in- interview, he's like, I created this whole backstory where like my my character Jesse was like an admiral or a captain in the Confederate Navy, and like he had a Confederate flag sewed in on his jacket to remember his like fallen. Gr- I was like, this is fun. Like apparently, Catherine Bigelow was also. She was just like, yeah, this is awesome. Keep going with it. Like when she, uh, Lance Hendrickson was telling her about it. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, and also like the way he did his name. So in the movie, he has and we're going to go through the did numbers. I'm just going to go splish. through the numbers. OK, no. OK, well, go, let's go through the numbers. Look, you're the one. You can't sidetrack me like that. I want to let me get through the numbers and everything. And then we can talk about all the other shit. I do it for you. <laughs> I was saying how due date is to Iron Man as point break is to near dark. And here we are back at the stats. Sure. Anyway. Uh, sadly, the, the movie flopped. It was uh, not very. I'm, I'm pulling up links right now, so I'm trying to kill the dead. Budget age. was so five the, million, a cool five mil. Opening was six hundred and thirty. It was about six hundred and thirty-six thousand, roughly. Uh, domestic. It's real bad. Uh, domestic overall was three million three hundred sixty-nine million. Oh, three million three hundred sixty-nine thousand three hundred seven, and that's what it made worldwide. There wasn't really an international release for it. Uh, but it is. I would say this is a cult classic movie. Not a lot of people know about it. The people that do know about it love it, but we also understand its flaws. So that's sad. And also, there's a reasoning for this because. <laughs> Towards the end of it, I'm, I'll just pull it up right now. Uh, I'm going to try and say the company's name. The company... We always forget about stuff that we say we're going to bring up later on, so I say just go with it do it. Okay, so uh, this was the last movie produced and released by DEG, which is DeLaurenti's Entertainment Group, because the studio went bankrupt, and as a result, the film did not receive much publicity. 
publicity during its release in the fall of 1987, which led in turn to its box office failure. Wait, so wait, do we have different release dates here? So the release in the fall of 1987, but the theatrical release was January 8th, 1988. Um, because this movie came out like a month after Lost Boys. Uh, woof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Catherine Bigelow said that they would watch the Lost Boy or like they would like, I don't know. They did stuff like they knew about the Lost Boys during the filming of the movie. Okay. So I don't well, know. That was 85 or something, wasn't it? Um, bring I up thought... the Wikipedia for. Let me see. Very factual information, please. Uh, the Lost Boy. I mean, that the Lost Boys is. It's a lot like the, it's it. This is the grittier version of the Lost Boys. Oh, Night <laughs> Lost Boys in 1987. Oh, I was way off. Samsonite. Uh, <laughs> so what month? I'm fine. Uh, July 31st, 1987. Okay. Wow. That's weird. By the way, production of this movie was 40, like 40 days and 40 nights, ironically enough. Yep. Uh, so like they could, uh, they, this movie probably came out. They were probably filming after this movie came out and then they were probably just watching the lost boys. Sure. What was the, Oh, you were not sure the month. 1980. Well, it was found in January. I don't think that's right. Well, it, well, Jan on IMDb it says the release date for uh, just says uh, like Near Dark says uh, January. That's the box office number I have too. Is January first or January eighth, nineteen eighty eight? And I mean, if you just Google it, the date that comes up is eighty seven. That's but granted, that's going to be like the the mean of everything that's mm -hmm. on the internet probably. But it says in so, this release, yeah, September twelfth, eighty seven. That probably attributes to the fact why it didn't make a whole lot of money, because right. even like, uh, I mean, in that commentary, there's some promotional shots and stuff like that. And even then, they're just like, they're like, they didn't know how to like, I think it was even uh, past past ours care or past R was like, how do you advertise a movie like this? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Back then, I don't know, because everybody was trying to do its own thing and whatever. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean copy. There were, vampires were not popular. Um, they were, but it was more of a gothic thing. Like, right. it was all gothic it, vampire and all that, that stuff. that Western stuff that we had. So are Yeah, we this is the first another... Western vampire. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to try to find another uh, numbers release weekend then? If it was not I mean, January unless you 8th, got losing to three men and a baby. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what other date we could look. Yeah, we have th we can go through what uh, according to IMDb, IMDb, the weekend domestic chart release for January 8th, 1988 was top 10, three man and a uh, three man and a baby, broadcast news, Eddie Murphy Raw, which is weird to see a stand-up special in the top 10 of a movie this charts, which is cool. Uh Throw Mama from the Train? Never heard of that movie. <laughs> Batteries not included, Wall Street. Uh, planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is a f fantastic movie. Overboard, Fatal Attraction, Empire of the Sun, and then we also have some Dirty Dancing, and that's about it there. So I just tossed you, so you the other weekend, September 11th of 1987, because the okay. uh, the 11th, um, I think, was a Friday. Or That wouldn't make sense. So, man, Everything I don't know how that makes sense. It's good. Well, it doesn't matter because they're not on this list either. So, which is sad. So, yeah. Uh, the point so is, is it flopped? We got, we got stakeout, dirty dancing. Uh, this is the domestic chart for September eleventh, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, the eleventh uh, Friday. La Bamba, 
Can't Buy Me Love, The Fourth Protocol, Hamburger Hill, The Curse, Born in East L.A., and then we have, which these these had already been in the theaters for a while, we had RoboCop, Predator, and Apocalypse Now. So, yeah, I don't... Some stellar movies on all the, both of these lists. <laughs> right, for sure. It doesn't really make sense that it would get released on September 12th, because that is a Saturday, and then Wikipedia says October 2nd. Point is, didn't do well. Doesn't matter when it came out. Did not do well at all, unfortunately. But it, like we said, it, this, I mean, this is the definition of a cult classic movie. Like, you know, it did terrible in the movie theaters. It's got a traction at, on the home videos and you can't fucking find home videos. You can't find the DVDs or the Blu-ray anywhere. Well, so, it's interesting we mentioned cult classic because Bubba Hotep that we watched last time is a cult following. But we both thought, like, that's not a great movie. We clearly think this is a great movie. So, again, with cult movies... I feel like there's nothing in between. They're like bad, but they have a fan base because they love something about it or mm-hmm. they're great. And it's a crime that they are not more popular. That's yeah, my cult, I mean, that's my cult movie groups. You've got the room and then you've got this movie like they're cult they're yeah. like classics for different reasons. Yeah, but all right. There's the uh, <laughs> the yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about, we talked about the aliens cast already, but I wanted to talk about the score a little bit. And if you click on that link for Tangerine Dreams, Tangerine Dreams is a musical group that has been around since fucking like the 60s. And they just play like their range is just all over the place. Like they have some rock stuff. It's very electronica kind of music stuff too. some of their early concerts. So, yeah, yeah, you can. I'm starting to recognize. I mean, some of the movies that their score uh have been featured in because they have over they've been in over like 50 movies but some of the big ones are let me see i wanted to hit some of the risky business uh we have flat firestarter which is the stephen king movie uh flashpoint we have heartbreaker legend which is a pretty good one uh what else we have near dark obviously and then catch me if you can that was another one of those they, they there's there it's just range from everywhere and it's very like yeah, hear the best part is at the beginning of that bar scene, and you hear the don't 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 like it's coming, and you're like, all right, because at first you're like, eh, it sounds like it should be rock music, but for some reason this works, like it just works. I don't know why it does, but it does. Yeah. So, <laughs> but no, they're uh, Tangerine Dreams. If you've watched anything from anything from the '80s, you probably have heard them. So, let me see. What else we I think have we can get here? into That's... the meat now. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's get into the movie. Uh, I, I already I, said this was my this was my second time watching it. Is this your first time watching it? First time watching it. Only watched it once, uh, which is okay. I think uh, we're paying enough attention, taking 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 good enough notes that didn't need to watch it again. And we did. We turned it on out of curiosity. The DVD we have does have commentary, and woof! It was hard it was to listen bad. to her talk about it. It's always somewhat challenging unless you get like. Unless like Jack Black is the only person you need on like commentary. two people. Yeah, because you need to bounce things off each other. She was saying stuff. The only factoid we got out of it is they actually grew. She said her words. They grew the mosquito in the opening scene because they didn't want to get a mosquito. <laughs> well, grew, breeded, bred, whatever, um, mm-hmm. because they couldn't get a mosquito that might have some sort of disease and bite someone to get enough blood that they slap it and kill it. And there's blood. on Yeah. Them which is was also disgusting in general. But um, I mean, that's not the movie. <laughs> I know it's a bug, but that's 
pretty cruel that the, you raised this one thing to kill it for a scene. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole, that's that Rick and Morty is like, what is my purpose? It's like, you pass the butter and he's just like, oh no. Like, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like so, that was your only purpose. That was an interesting factoid. Um, but we, we just turned it on like right after watching it. Cause we were, we both really, it, it, this was one of those movies that I think both of us thought like, how have we not seen this before? But we learned how, I mean, this, um, and like so when, that yeah, was this why we y'all. started to watch it or like, just put it on a curiosity for a second with the commentary. But I was like, Nope, I cannot sit through this lady's monotone. It would be like me in high school before I came out of my shell trying to tell someone about something I've made. And it was, I uh, mean, I, d- I say that because people used to say I talked like Fox Mulder for my uh, X-Files. Um, so we didn't watch it with that, that. tracks that yeah. tracks because you love it. So uh, I know I don't know what's on the Blu-ray, but I would love Bill Pax and Lance Hendrickson commentary just to have both of them, because apparently like during that commentary a YouTube video, they talk about they would just fuck with people all the time while they were in makeup. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I mean, Lance Hendrickson Hendrickson would like live his roles. Like, I think I saw a factoid like. Cause they were filming out in like Arizona. So like in between the long takes and all that stuff, he would just drive around the desert as his character. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, no, I think that's a good opening. He starved. I think it's a good essentially opening for this role. That was pretty fucked up, but um, uh, yeah, Christian Bale's done it too. I mean, I Matthew was, McConaughey, all of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was giving the movie shit at first because there are so many swipe transitions, including one that's mm-hmm. literally when Caleb and may are driving and like they get in his truck and it swipes to show the road with headlights on it. Then it swipes again to go back to the scene we were just in. I'm like, did, what, did time, I guess time passed. What was the, point there? there's some, there's some weird editing stuff in the movie. There's a couple, uh, a couple scenes where I was just like, that's, that's weird. So I want to start off by saying that I love almost all this movie. I, I absolutely love everything except for the last 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> like It's, it's gotcha. it's pretty rough in the last 15 minutes, but the, I love the opening scene. Like you said, with the mosquito, you get the introduction to uh, what is it? Caleb. He's just a, a country ranch boy in Texas. That's what he is. Yeah, he's a dumb farm boy that uh, rolled into town. His two buddies are drinking beer. He wants a beer. They I was going to call him dumb, but <laughs> I thought that I thought that little scene of his friend hitting his hat off. He caught it and hit it with him. That was pretty solid um, or pretty smooth. Yeah, um, but it's hilarious because you think back like of the three of the three, you know, bro dudes, they see a lady, they see a pretty lady in town and mm-hmm. they all try to start walk over. But Caleb's the only one that does. It's like, oh, boy, I bet he wishes he made it. Either of his friends go now at some point. In this I movie. mean, well, it's just he's pretty. He's pretty <laughs> assertive is what I'll say. <laughs> like he's confident, and, confident, which I love this scene too, because it sets up May's character because May is a, he's, she's very different than all the rest of her family. Basically. Yeah. She's more of the siren esque style of vampire where yeah. she lures them in. And then like, she doesn't really physically overpower anybody. She just like, even in the bar scene when that final guy's left and like everybody else has killed somebody. So she walks up and is just like being very seductive. And apparently, uh, Adrian, I think it's Adrian Pastar, uh, said that that's how she was on set as well. She was just like, she would be motherly, but then she would be like the illustrious seductive kind and all that stuff. And I was just like, I think he might have some feelings for her. So, (laughs) I don't know. He's an interesting fellow, but yeah, I can't, I couldn't, I was wrestling with deciding 
either she's naive or very clever. I couldn't figure it I'm out. I'm going to go with the clever, the clever side a little bit with it. Uh, I guess. So we go through this very weird introduction where the it's thing is, so when you first a dude picking up a girl is how it starts out, basically, really with them alluring, like, oh, she's different, like she's totally different. Uh, and then I like too. so she she ends up biting him, but you don't see two holes in the neck and all that. stuff. it's just no. blood right there. And then I timed it at about 15 and a half minutes. We go into the movie like it oh. picks up. That's where he gets picked up because he's trying to stumble back home. Because he's been infected, he's it's daylight. He's starting. He's just smoking, which is I think amazing. Like it, the the practical effects are really good. Anytime the vampires get in touch with sunlight they until were, the last fifteen minutes of the movie. <laughs> suppose do you know how they did that? Supposedly, I do. That's I do. I was going to bring that up, up. but yeah, well, I may as well mention it now because we're going to talk about. I it mean, so the way that it's like a, it was like the, it was a prosthetic built out of like ha- having a bunch of holes all in it. Like they punched like thousands of holes in the prosthetics. And then it was like some kind of like system of tubes and uh, and all that stuff of cigar smoke. So they were just smoking. I was like, well, cause I was look watching the movie. I was like, Oh, you could do that. You could probably have a dust in there and all that. But I was like, no, it's constant. How are they doing that? And they said it was fine. But after about two hours of be of it doing that, it's just, you smell like nicotine. And then it, the actual yellow, like nicotine that would build up starts oozing out of the prosthetics. And you're like, Ah, the budget was five million. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> they would find another so, way to do that now because that is so. You just use water vapor now or some kind of shit like that. No, yeah, they just use your dry ice on them and they'll be fine. You know, I mean, what's better? No, that that burns skin. <laughs> not if you put it uh, not on skin. So <laughs> it's fine. But uh, thanks. Scientists. No, I, he, they get picked <laughs> up in a in a Winnebago. And once you understand how this. Uh, this, f- I mean, it is a platonic, like it's a family. Every it's plot a nuclear point happens in that fucking cornfield, though. It is that is true. Uh, but you think you're like, oh, this is their, this is like their car. Oh, this is a car. They get a different car every time. You're like, oh, they probably killed a family and got that Winnebago. Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> so, but we meet the best character. I want to say best character in the movie, but like Lance Hendrickson's really good too. But no, Bill, Bill Paxton's the best. Bill Paxton's the best. But he. He's Best pre- lines, this is his movie most fun. He throw he shoots off his first quote of many, which is howdy. And uh, what Caleb says, what's going on? He goes, not what's going on, son. It's what's coming off your face. Clean off. It's I mean, it's it gets it's just better from there. All yep. of them. I mean, yep, yep. uh, so we get introduction to all of them and you're like, oh, that's cool. Like they they blotted out homers the little boy yeah they blotted out really this entire sorry you're gonna let me go you gonna let me go into it <laughs> you're lagging so in my world i'm not talking over you so i apologize oh okay you're fine gonna, i'll turn uh, my vpn off see if that'll yeah don't record with a vpn on <laughs> oh it's already it, off it, so i don't know what's going on I was, I was gonna say it throttles your internet yeah. uh Anyway, uh, but I like the way that they take precautions in the any vehicle that they're in. They put up foil and they have black spray pr- spray paint and all that. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense because they have to eventually go out in the daylight somehow. I think, so, I think that's stuff you've never seen in a vampire movie that I can recall anyway. Usually it's somebody wearing a hood and like even though but like but we're talking like a Pete Wentz 
cool emo kid hoodie that doesn't completely yeah. cover their face, but they're like, I'm a vampire. Can't you tell? Well, you I know? mean, just think 1987, like that hadn't been done at all. Mm -hmm. Like I had never seen a movie prior to this do anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but we do get introduced to all of them. I think you're starting to go. That's true. We get introduced to Bill Paxton, who is Severin, who is just a joy to watch in this entire movie. We've already got May. Uh, we meet Homer, who is the little boy, but he looks oh, like a little boy. That yeah, he, I mean, I I use this comparison because it's uh, recent. Um, if anyone's seen the Umbrella Academy, and I forget all of the characters' names, but the kid who's oh, in it, who's the, actually the oldest character out of them, the, the he's a child gotcha. in like a school uniform. Well, um, that's what brings that up idea. why I thought I was like, man, that's really really sad. But then I'm like, well, shouldn't he be attracted to like not gir little girls? Like if he's a grown man in a little boy's body, like I, that's the part where I was like, is that creepy? I, Maybe I well, just I'm thinking too much into of, this. That eventually happens because I think in his head, he's planning that, ahead and he sees a little girl and he's like, OK, uh, in 10 years, it won't be pedophilia. That's the way I'm going to go about this. Or what I really think it's down, what it boils down to is he still has a lot of that kid mentality in his brain and he just wants a friend that's not an adult. That's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So sure. that's the not creepy way of looking at it. Uh, we have Diamondback, who I mean, that's the, yeah, right. Uh, Diamondback, she's basic. She's Jesse's lady and basically the mother figure of the group. Mm -hmm. um, not too many lines. And then we have, but she doesn't need them. Uh, she's fine. She's her. Mm -hmm. She does what she what she does deliver is perfect. Uh, and then we have Lance Hendrickson as plays Jesse Hooker, I think is his last name. Uh, but what's great is they're all we throughout. the We don't get a 30 minute like flashback of everybody's backstory. You get the backstory through the dialogue, right. which I, I love. So we learn about Jesse's character. He used to be in the you know, he fought for this, uh, the South. Confederate in the Civil War. I love his delivery of that, where he's just uh, Caleb asks me, he goes, Jesse, how old are you? And he goes, uh well let's just say uh no he doesn't even he, say that well, he says i fought for the south we didn't win i fought for this that's it yeah that's it yeah. that's all you need and you're like ah that's perfect yeah, uh that's and all you then need. You two lines should be everyone's origin story <laughs> mm -hmm. in the world but then you find out you find out that he then turned severin and then diamondback as well and then diamondback turned homer homer turned may so it's yeah. all kind of like a thing which makes a lot of sense because Severin, I don't think, would ever turn anybody. He would just always go to the limit where he would just kill them and eat them. Yeah, the logical extreme. Yeah, but it's... Oh, God. I just want to get to the bar scene. So let's get to the bar scene. So, sure. But, uh... So we go through that. It's kind of slow in the beginning, uh, oh, because it's can like... Can we... Can I mention something before that real quick? Because I think it's going to get overshadowed. I was... Uh, yeah, because I was about to jump into some of the plot points, too, so... Um, so, uh... We we kind of skipped over how Caleb, the main character, his dad and much younger sister see him yes. get snatched up by the RV, like out of there. What would be your front yard in Texas um, mm -hmm. by their their farm fields and everything. And then they are trying to start looking for him by first going to the cops. But I love the scene in the sheriff's office because that is like so well shot to show to. Yeah. yeah, so well shot to show how shitty of a town and how shitty of a job they're doing for 
small town, but it's almost like, mm-hmm. I guess I could compare this town sort of to Paradise in Tremors, where it's big, but no one's there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But the reason I mentioned that is like, you you barely, if ever, see the sheriff's face. Like, it's them, the little girl sitting on her daddy's knee while they're trying to talk to him and be like, what are you fucking doing about our son? We saw right. him get snatched. He is missing. He's not just out at the bar for a couple nights in a row. Like, he is gone, dude. I and like when he, he starts when, to like turn f- around and get coffee. And he's pouring the sheriff and then he turns back around and they're leaving. They're like, fuck you, dude. We're handling this ourselves. But I just yeah. thought that whole scene was really telling of the the world. Well, the first one, the, the first sheriff it. that shows up, he the I like that. The, oh, also, the dad is a veterinarian, which makes sense for a plot yes. point of the movie later on. It, it, I, I, it set nowhere. it up at the beginning and it paid yeah. off. It wasn't a hard pay. Where yeah, it sets it up before he before he gets before he gets swiped. He's administering a shot to the animals, and he's got his oh, stethoscope on and all yeah, that. Forgot about that. Yeah, and right. uh, but I love that first when the cop first shows up. He's like, "You see those tire tracks? That was four hours and thirty six minutes ago. Now they could be on the highway. It, you know, they get up to this highway. They could be in the other state by now." And he's just like, "Yeah." The cops just like. Bah. Well, we'll look into it. And he's like, what the fuck? Other like, state. You're in the second biggest state in the fucking country, dude. Go start looking. Uh, well, hold on. They're in the Waco area. You could easily get to Oklahoma real quick from there. So. Oh, they're on the very tip top. That's right, because they go to uh, Kansas. Is that right? Or I forget. I, Kansas or Oklahoma. Somewhere around there. I well, can't Oklahoma's remember which one Oklahoma's above it is. Texas, and then Kansas is above that. So if you just go over that little sliver, you're there. Bing, bang, boom. Hit it. That's... No, that's not how that works. <laughs> but yeah. What do you mean that's not how that works? That's how the You've done the travel. I've done that. <laughs> like Oklahoma's a huge fucking state, dude. What are you talking about? Everything I'm, I'm below show you. Everything below Pennsylvania is just this big to Scotty. <laughs> All right. I typed in oh my god. I typed in USA on my damn Google Maps. I don't know if this is gonna show up at all. Just enjoy uh, that blinding white light. I, okay, I see okay, I see Dallas. What are you talking about? Oklahoma, Ark, uh, Kansas. There's that sliver. Yeah. There's that sliver. Yeah. They weren't there. Well, I don't know where they are. I'm telling you that's how possible it is to... That's what how, I'm telling you. That Waco you is outside of Texas. Dallas. I mean, Kansas. Anyway, I don't I don't care. I'm, I'm done with this argument. So. Chickasaw Nation <laughs> and Osagi Reservation. They could have been there. Anyway, uh, it sets that up. And again, if anybody listens to this podcast, they know that we I think we both like good setups, setups and payoffs later in the movie, uh, even though the payoff at the end of the movie, you're just like, what the fuck? This is what we're doing. Yeah. But anyway, the whole thing, one of the plot points is. Caleb has been bitten and turned, but he hasn't had his first blood, which means mm-hmm. his first kill, which yeah. basically will make him no longer human. He's full vampire at that point. Uh, Mm. So about a good 30 to 40 minutes of the movie is interactions of him, of them trying to get him to kill somebody. And he fails like around at least two times, maybe three times uh, to the point where may has to feed him some of her blood. And that's I mean, he's already an outsider. The group already doesn't like him. So yeah. it gets down to, to the point of that. So they go. All right. So the bar scene, we're finally at this bar scene. And like we said, they walk in and the music from Tangerine Dreams just starts in. And I'm pretty sure they were just like Paxton go. And he is just doing the scenery with quotes dancing around. I think at one point in the commentary, he says like he had a terrible migraine that day. 
like to the point where he gets terrible. He Bill Paxton used to get terrible migraines where he couldn't, he can't do anything for like thirty minutes. Can't even open his eyes. Migraines do affect your eyesight. Uh, people I've worked with in retail, unfortunately, the fluorescent lights made it worse. Uh, I get them really <clears throat> bad sometimes. That commentary he mentioned, or documentary he mentioned that um, he asked the director if he could, if there was a medic because it was just doing doing wonders to his head horribly and he like didn't want to not work but he wanted because it's the bar scene something to help him and he got his first shot of b12 which Mm -hmm. no one knows what that is basically it's in energy drinks so there you go in the 80s that wasn't really around (laughs) and so just boom let's go yeah well, that's what he said at one point. He, he goes like, hello, or something like that in the scene or something. And uh, he was just like, yeah, that was the B12 kicking in. Like, <laughs> But uh, so they're, they go to this because they obviously need to feed. And they're also trying to get Caleb to do his first kill and all that. Yeah. And man, uh, this is where you get your, I would say, probably you're, you're already, it's already flirting with a little bit of gore. But you get your good gore in this. You get, I mean, Severin at one point, he squeezes. Uh, you don't see the head like explode or anything, but he squeezes someone's head to yeah. where they die. And then he, one of the best, the line he goes, he goes, I like them when they're, or he goes, I hate it when they're not shaved because he's about to bite into a guy that has like a five o'clock shadow. And yeah. I was just like, like, what the fuck can't he say in this scene and it not be great? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think um, I was trying to think and I, I might, well, I don't know if I'd, I'd say gore so much as just violence. Because when I think of gore, I think of zombie guts and entrails and stuff. And, like, uh, organs popping you out. You get a good squib. You get um, a good squib when uh, Caleb yeah. gets shot in the stomach with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to watch anything from this movie, watch this scene. But be warned, it is the best part of the movie. Um, <laughs> that, well, but, that and the shootout is a close second. That's true. Yeah. Um, but they both happen back to back. Yeah. So it's like they shoot the load and then the rest of the movie kind of is fine. Like movies are but, known for their bar scenes. Uh, those that are like it's not known for, but <laughs> the first Terminator movie has a great bar scene. This mm-hmm. is better than that for fucking sure. You can come. Oh, at yeah. Me. Bill Paxton was in both of them. I don't give a shit. This one's better. Pa- Paxton just steals the scene in this movie. Like he's great. Yeah. Yeah, just going through killing people. Uh, this is guitar. So, let me go through. Let me go through some of these. uh Hey, Jess, that guy smelled like a dead polecat. That was my favorite one out of this. Because there's, I mean, the finger looking good, that's in here. Like, there's just in this one. One that one wasn't his scene. quote, but a quote that got, like, caught me off guard. Your skin is as soft as a preacher's belly. What? <laughs> I also like Henriksen. the interaction. That was Henriksen's that line. I'm in, oh, yeah, he's talking to the waitress, right? Yeah. Because uh, he's kind of getting handsy with the waitress, and the waitress kind of starts like matching his energy. Right. And then Diamondback's like, fuck that shit, and just slits her throat. And I was like, whoa, okay, here we go. <laughs> so, and uh, it's just a great scene. I can't do it justice by talking about it. Uh, go watch the scene, if anything. Yeah. You could probably uh, get it, find it on YouTube. Uh, it's just very, very good. Like I said, the squib's good. And then we get the scene with May where there's that final guy that's playing pool. He's just and she's he was like playing going pool up. against the first guy that got attacked by Bill yes. Paxton, who when he gets I forget if he gets punched or kicked, but he like bounces off the damn pool table and hits the yeah. light. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. He I like couldn't even tell if that was a or something like that. I don't even know if that was a mannequin at first or what, but Jesus. But it shows it shows you're like, Oh yeah, there's or no, that was Caleb that did it. He's like, did I do that? And then like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Right, right, right. What's great is in this scene, too, is you see how they dynamically act as a family. Mm-hmm. It's very flu. I mean, also, let's backtrack a little bit, too. Whenever they get into a new vehicle and they have to put up the foil and all that stuff, it's surgical. Everyone knows their jobs. Like, they're just like, boom, spray paint this, boom, tape this up, boom, boom, boom. That's because they basically, the actors lived in their, lived together and, like, did their daily routine and acted as a family in character. So that when they were filming the movie, it looked natural and fluid. And I'm like, God damn it, I love good fucking filmmaking. (laughs) Well, they were also, you know, three-fifths of that family was in a movie together already, so that helped too. Yeah, that helps too. And it also doesn't <laughs> it doesn't hurt that they're good actors and actresses. Right. Like <laughs> Yeah, the bar scene is very um it's it's just it's it's the strongest thing because it's just they're all going at it, they're all bouncing off of each other, uh just like that guy on the pool table. Um but it was <laughs> also showing without telling you, they're practically invincible. So they're gonna fuck shit up and they don't give a shit. But again, it was another oh, scene where it's like 15 minutes of the movie <laughs> throwing in our face. They are vampires, but we're not going to tell you they're vampires. Figure it out. You know, I like that. I mean, it's it's oh, very, wow. very. And then so after so Caleb fucks up again and lets the guy go. He's an idiot. Uh, yeah, the one dude that you were starting to talk about who's who's rightfully sweating and crying as May is trying yeah, to seduce him. I would have him. shat my pants. Like, yeah, she's basically uh on the prep line for Caleb here trying to get his meal ready. You know what I mean? But he's, yeah, I mean, they this took was care like, of everybody this was else. Almost like, like fucking you... classic dumbass uh, villain, big boss dude who lets the, just walks away to assume the hero's mm-hmm. going to die. Like the whole family, like leaves Caleb off on his own, assuming he's going to take care of this dude. And instead he runs away. And, uh, um, what's Hendrickson's character. I can't, I keep forgetting. Jesse, Jesse, Jesse is like, He's going to get the cops now. Way to fucking go, dude. Like, that was the well, summation I of it. <laughs> I, I, so I think it's a little bit different. I think they knew they were going to fu- he was going to fucking fail because they're so quickly in that car and going to pick him up. And they're just like, hey, you fucked up. This is yeah. what's going to happen. Now we got to be on the run. Thanks a lot. And uh, so they already hate him even more. They're about to kill him. But I think they get to a hotel and they're just like, we're going to oh, stay right. here for the night. Yeah. And uh did you notice how and he then, grabbed the key from the manager? Yeah, he covered his hand because it was in yeah. the sunlight. Yeah, because he was in the sunlight. That was really cool. Uh, speaking of his hand, did you notice how his fingernails were all completely... F- yeah, well, he explains that he did that on purpose. Like, he went and got these fake nails put on professionally, and then he took pliers and just cut them up and fucked them up. Because yep. and then Bill Pax's character he goes, it's a very awesome homage to Nosferatu, and I was like, oh my fucking god, you're right, it is because Nosferatu has the long fucking fingernails and all that shit. You're just like, god damn, the director didn't ask Lance Hendrickson to do that. No, he's it he's, didn't. Yeah, the director didn't ask him to come up with a backstory for his character. He just mm-hmm. did that shit. He's just that good of an actor. Mm-hmm. And you're like, god damn, it's so good. Uh, so but then the shootout happens. The, the laws there everybody's sleeping and then they wake up and it's just that even more gore squibs out the ass this is another then, scene worth finding if you can if you don't can't find the full movie but you you i will say we we found the full movie somewhere else so there you, you can go. find it that's my, all i'll say <laughs> can i read you my five bullet points for that this whole scene this is all it is yes uh grab key from manager with towel because the key was in sunlight shootout light on fire 
Hotel is separate building. Now Swiss cheese. Caleb runs to get Van, plows into one side and out another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, also, my comment in that last in that scene was two of them. Bill Paxton, again, checkout time, and then mm-hmm. shoots the first cop that's at the door, which yeah. is funny because it also shows that Severin is instinct and impulse because he shoots the cop through the door. The cop's stomach is blown out Damn. and he dies. Yeah. And but the sunlight hits Severin's stomach and it basically shoots him back too. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, he's an idiot, but he's just he's great. He's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Uh and this then the other like, thing I wanted to say, go ahead. I, I, I was just thinking of how to like classify each of these characters. Basically, if we're playing a MMO or an RPG at this point, because Paxton is the tank. The mom is kind of the the healer. The little kid who's Paxton's not like a, a barbarian kid. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The little kid who's not a kid is like the speedster. And then May would be uh, she would have like area effect stuff probably or something. And then Mage. Lance is in the back. Just he'll do whatever's not done, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. But I, then I wanted to say, cause so at one point, like there, the room is getting filled with holes and there's more and more, there's less and less room that they can go without getting burned by sunlight. Yeah. Very cool looking at the rays coming in and stuff of sunlight, which that, that, that's why it's in the poster. I think oh, that's why right, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, but Caleb realizes he's like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. We gotta get the van. And he's like, I'm going to go get the van. And everyone's like, yeah, real fucking funny. He's like, they're like, you get. Yeah. He tell what I fucking love about this is he goes, Jesse goes, yeah, we'll cover you. And uh, he runs out. They don't cover him at all. (laughs) He gets shot up by that guy with like the sniper rifle. He gets shot like five times. Very, very good squibs catches on fire. And at this point I go when. So it shows Caleb. It's kind of a longer shot of him trying to open the door and get in the van. And I'm, I messaged you in all caps. I just went, that is a real man on fire getting in that van. Like he, that was a stunt man on fire in a fire suit getting in the van. <laughs> you just like, holy shit, this, this seems great. And then unfortunately the movie fucking pitters out. So <laughs> anyway, so Caleb gets the van he gets to the rest of the crew, crew, picks them up, and they're like, holy shit, like, this action earns their trust a little bit. But yeah, they're just, I I, I really like this scene because uh, Severin gives him one of his spurs, and he's like, here, you earn my trust and all that stuff. Yeah, and, they all uh, basically Jess- do their own form of, you're all right, kid. Homer with the, nah, I'm too cool. And then, he's like, the actually worst character in this movie. <laughs> He's a kid. He's a kid. He's still the worst character in this movie. I don't care. He's the weakest out of the four. I'll give him, or I guess five. Technic. I'd even put May up a little bit higher than him. So one thousand percent. When I first watched the movie, though, I didn't really care for the main two actors, like the uh, the 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 May and Caleb. On rewatching, I realized that I I like everybody in the in the movie now. Uh, Okay. So we get that, and then. This this is, I would say, the beginning of the movie kind of falling apart uh, so because you're talking about still when they're at the when they're at the new hotel. They got we're, the, the second hotel. They the got van, away. They got yeah, away from the escaped. cops and all that. Right now they're in a station wagon mm-hmm. uh, and they decide they're like, you know what? It's nighttime, but we're still just going to get this hotel and relax because we've had an eventful day. Yes. Uh, they're sitting there playing cards. Uh, Caleb. 
Where is Caleb? At the, I, Caleb and May went outside. They They're going to look at the night and all. Just for the They're sake about of being romantic. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank uh, God. So it's the four. So we got Homer, we got Severin, we got Jesse, we got Diamondback sitting down playing cards. You get the good banter between Jesse and Severin when Jess, Jesse's like, are you cheating? Grabs his arm, looks at the cars. They both pull guns on each other and then they're like, ah, and they keep going. Because like, who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, gotcha. this is the scene. So Homer, they light up a cigarette. Homer's smoking a cigarette. He's like, I'm going to go get some air. Puts out the cigarette, walks outside and lights up a cigarette. Yeah. Like a little boy. <laughs> Yeah, and I went, uh, all right, whatever. And then he hears a noise, someone over by the drink machine, and it's well, a it little girl. Well, it was funny, before you get away from the smoking, we said oh, when he when he was handed a, cigar- handed a cigarette, Rachel's like, Jesus, they're just going to have a kid smoke? I was like, I don't think so. She's like, you're right, he hasn't inhaled at all, so I think he's good. He puts it out, walks outside, we're like, nope, they're just going to have a kid smoke. There's a kid smoking. Uh, it's a kid smoking, probably fake cigarettes, so it's fine. So. Sure, all right, cool. Yeah, and that mosquito's all right, too. Go ahead. Yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, he, he sees a little girl over at the drink machine and it's Caleb's daughter. What a, co- or not a uh, daughter. I'm sorry, sister. What a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this is where, then he just gets fanatical where he's like, Oh, come hang out with me. You know, you we can go watch TV and all that stuff. Just walks in and, uh, Diamondback's like, Hey Homer, who's this? And like, she's basically being the mother, but I love Bill Paxton's uh bill paxton's line in this because she's, sarah she says oh yeah go ahead i thought you were gonna yeah sarah line. goes you guys are you guys are up late or something like that or it's like and all that he goes we uh let me find it real quick we keep, oh, on, we, keep on, we keep on hours and i was just like god damn it bill paxton you're so good at this movie yeah. <laughs> it's so good every time when we were uh, watching this rachel kept going he's so cool <laughs> He's so cool. He would be so easy. Like to like, if you're going Uh, to a horror convention, cosplay is this guy. Oh, like that's we actually said that earlier today. I said I would go as Bill Paxton. She's like, no, I want to. I was like, all right, we'll go as different stages of him through this movie. Just go, yeah, just go. Both go as Bill Paxton. It's fine. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. But so, then uh, I'll say this so that I say it to get it out of the way ahead. because it's depressing. Uh, Rachel was looking up fun facts and stuff, and she said Bill Paxton died the literal day Rachel and I met, February twenty fifth, twenty seventeen. How fucking crazy is that? Because we love that all sucks. of his stuff. Like she's recently discovered yeah. him through Twister and everything. But anyway, uh, point is, we'll probably he... eventually uh, cosplay as Bill Paxton. Yeah, because you have so many you can do. You could do Predator 2, Bill Paxton. That would be great. <laughs> the easiest would be Twister. So, Yeah, I, I got blue jeans and a f- fucking... I probably got a denim shirt in there somewhere, so... <laughs> yeah, just got to drive a red pickup around. We'll be good. Right. Anyway, uh, but yeah, this is where stuff kind of starts falling apart, where yes. I... And I, I'm, I think I was rationalizing it in my head with Homer. I'm like, I get why he's doing it, but then, like... Uh, so Bill Paxton runs, and he... There, what is it? Diamondback's like, oh, honey, what room are you, are you and your dad staying at? And she tells him and Bill Paxson, he like they just look at each other and he goes, walks out, goes and gets the dad and all that. Uh, and then Caleb and May show up and they're just like, we've been looking for you. What the fuck? But I love in this scene where like. Caleb's ready to like leave his family. He's just like, leave my family alone and I'll stay with y'all. That's literally yeah, all I they had to do. But Homer all, fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, they're all on a high from this really successful getaway, yes. which they they show as they're driving away from the hotel shootout. They're like all yeah. buddy and buddy with each other, like, hell yeah, whatever. And, you know, I equate it to like after you win the big game or like when I was done or with games, good show. I just was on like a different high of finishing a really solid set. So they're all mm-hmm. in their own 
positive highs, which shows the dichotomy of the family between Caleb and them, because he goes off with the girl that he's into now, and they stay there, and they're just satisfied being, like, um, with the quality time, you know, camaraderie. Yeah. And then Homer's in that zone, and Russian he, like, roulette. sees someone... Yeah, Homer's in that zone. He's like, holy shit, this is great. Everything's coming up Homer, you know, because uh, I found yeah. a girl that's either a friend or something else, <laughs> yeah. and that's where they get to, like... But then he like, starts losing it. And then yeah. those worlds collide, literally. So... yeah. And this, so it happens, there's, I mean, Lance Hendrickson gets shot, and he just spits the bullet out and hands it to the dad. I was like, that's fucking cool. I know it does not anatomically make sense at all, but it's fine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Rachel was like, what did he do? I was like, I think that was the bullet. She's like, that's not how, I'm like, yeah, that's not how the human body works. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's a movie. He's not human. He's not human. It doesn't matter. This was also when, like, I think. Rachel was into this movie, but at this point it was like, we're getting to the climax here. And like, there were like three separate times she yelled stranger danger in this room with how Homer or how the girl is like, don't go with him to don't tell them where your dad is to, why are you still in this room? You know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, And then shit happens to where Caleb ends up running away with his, with his dad and his sister. Mm -hmm. And, his dad's like, we got to take you to a hospital. He goes, I don't know what the fuck was going on back there, but people that get shot don't spit up the bullets. And uh, Caleb's like, you can't take me to the hospital because I'm going to die. And then he looks in the back because he's in the back of his dad's veterinarian truck. He's mm-hmm. like, he sees all the bottles and the needles and stuff. He's like, dad, have you ever done a pl- blood transfusion? And I was like, when I first watched this movie, Scotty, I went, are you fucking kidding me? They're going to cure vampirism by just removing all the blood out of your body and just putting take... in new blood. <laughs> yep. There you there. That, yeah. it, that is if that is one of the most anime things I've ever seen in an American it, film. Because I yeah. Hallie and I take watched out the good. We... Take out the bad. Suck out the bad. Put in the good. You're going to go. Well, when we were watching this movie the first time a couple years ago, I happened to look and see how much movie was left right at the part where him and his dad and his sister leave, like get away. And I'm like, there's only 15 minutes left in this movie. How the fuck are we going to wrap this up? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's it felt like things were very rushed at the end because you get that very loose fucking plot remedy, I guess, or solution to like, oh, we cured his vampire. Yeah, we cured it. And then you're like, oh, they could cure everybody else, but they're there's that. I don't think they want to be cured they could, at all. You could say they could rid the world of vampires. They don't that way, though. No, no. And so and then you. So anyway, Caleb gets healed and I'm assuming this is probably a couple days, maybe even a week or two after the him like leaving. One day. I thought it was like as ridiculous as this movie is. I thought it was like that night. The next day he wakes up. We we get some fade outs and stuff. So I'm thinking maybe there's some passage of time there a little bit. Anyway, it's him back with his family and all that. And then May shows up and she's like, why did you leave? You should, you know, all this. And he's like, I have to stay with my family. So she runs off and then, and oh, Sarah's been kidnapped. Uh, so he's like, I got to go face Jesse and the gang. First one I, I like. So they, I was like, well, I was like, how's he going to get there? And they flat, they, they cut his tires. And I'm like, that makes sense. They would do that because they're pieces of shit. So he's got to get this horse. He's got to well, get his horse, which. The, the, they're pieces of shit, but they're not idiots is what that's saying, too. Yeah, they're good at what they're doing. Like, right. So he gets his horse and he rides in the town and he's going one on one with Severin first. And 
it's a pretty good scene until like the end of the scene where you're just like, that's how Severed goes out. There's a payoff like, just, to what we thought was a pointless scene before when uh, him and May are in the front of the truckers. They're riding I like the trucker. That. And he vividly and he explains how to uh, use two brakes in the truck to stop suddenly, et cetera, et cetera. And he uses mm-hmm. that. He weaponizes that. So there you go. Yeah. But, I mean, he uses a semi, which that's another one, bullseye. Uh, so what happens is Caleb jumps on the semi that's coming through town. And he's like, run that guy over. And he's like, get the fuck off my truck. What are you doing? And mm-hmm. then Severin just shoots the guy in the head from very, very far away. And I, I was just like, all right. And I and what what was it? Caleb looks at him and he's just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But what he should have said was there. He should just went, I'm sorry. Like, because mm. he's the reason that guy died. <laughs> like He yeah. just is. That's what it is. And so he runs this bull or he runs not bulldozer. He runs the semi into Severin. And that's where you get the good gore from that's on the, the cover of the movie. Of the His covers, head's just yeah. split open, pouring out blood. And he just climbs up and he's just tearing the engine out. And you're just like, this scene's awesome. And then Caleb jackknifes the truck. And I'm like, I guess that would kill a vampire. Like an oil truck exploding on him. Sure. I mean, there's enough I to not it, rejuvenate, essentially. You know? I guess that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of everything's kind of wrapped up. All of them kind of get wrapped up with their deaths really quickly. And I think Homer's might be the worst, especially with some kind of <laughs> CG they put on it. Yeah, I don't know. There's no CG in the movie whatsoever until the end of this where. Yeah. Homer jumps out of the car because they got. Oh, I, but by the way, I want to make this a fact. He saves Sarah. They're on their way back home. I don't know what happened to Caleb, but he's like, Sarah, go run home. I can't make it any farther. I don't know what happened to him. And then she gets kidnapped again. And I was like, this was dumb. This didn't need to happen twice. Maybe he's just still weak from the blood transfusion. I mean, he also did get fucking punched by or thrown by a fucking vampire. That probably, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. It's just really, really weird. But then after Hendrickson catches a knife in his teeth. Uh, and I love that because Diamondback is trying to throw the knife to to get like get Caleb off guard, and he she goes oh like she's or she was like Jesse because <laughs> like she didn't mean to hit him in the mouth, and you're just like all right that's pretty good, yeah uh, maybe oh I guess the reason that this had to happen was like May had to also get away so that they, he could cure her right 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 so but then Homer jumps out of the car and he's running because he's just so it shows that he's very very scared of the sun but I <laughs> guess he's go. so in fact that you made sure to get a, the screenshot you can <laughs> it's good see, you can see the rope right there oh you can yeah <laughs> it's reverse photography that's how they did that so I, uh, I get and then he pulls the knife out of his mouth and I'm just like, oh, this is what I picture really happens to those knife swallowers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. but Homer, he's on fire. He's catch, you know, and all the fire that we've seen previously of vampires on fire is actual like a stuntman in a suit. But I guess they couldn't get a stuntman that looked like a kid. And uh, oh, they just they put CG. I fire. Didn't know that. No, I just that's what I assumed. Uh, and uh, I don't know. He's just on fire and then he bends over it and explodes. <laughs> yeah, I have in my notes in all caps here. Didn't think I'd watch a kid explode today. I was about to say, like, you're like in your head. That's a vampire that's lived years. But also it's it's a kid. A kid yeah. exploded. <laughs> like. Yeah, the and then like shittiest character gets the shittiest death, so it's whatever. And then Jesse and Diamond's care or their death is kind of lackluster. But before before we get to that, May is out of the car and somehow not on fire. 
She's smoking, but oh, not wow. on fire. Yeah. But she ran the same amount of distance, if not farther, that Homer did. <laughs> How do it know? Whatever. Mm-hmm. They pit her like uh, or uh, Jesse and Diamondback. They're in the car. They're gonna. They want to run them down, but they just they didn't take precautions on that car yet, and they just catch on fire and burn up. And they, I think they know that's gonna happen. They're like, we're fucked. So like, uh, and then that's the end of the movie. It, it wraps up pretty quickly. I mean, May gets her blood transfusion, and she's like, what the fuck is this? And she's that, he's like, I- we healed you. I honestly did not see another transfusion coming. I saw them trying to stay together as a couple or whatever. I saw that. Coming. Oh, I saw the transfusion from not, a mile away. I so stupid, so dumb. It's the I, so when they when they cured Caleb, I was like, oh, they're gonna cure May because yeah. she's always like she is like part of the group, but she's the most like still kind of human. She's the most Kinda? easily deta- easily most easily detachable from that group. I would say true because the group is like the main four. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they I don't know. Really, that's the end of the movie. say anywhere how long May's been with them? Four at years. All? Oh, she was okay. turned. Yeah. She was in high school. She w- And then the other there's a couple of moments where they reminisce about stuff and like Bill Paxton's character and Lance Hendrickson's character at some point say like, oh, that was 100 years ago. We did something so like they've had oh when they were talking about in the in the documentary about going to tombstone and all that stuff so yeah. or even in the movie at the hotel That's the I mean, the old yeah. guy that gives him the key was like you've been here before a bunch of years back right he goes i'd make my ways through every 50 years so <laughs> put my room on reservation and they walked out i was like that's a good line lance hendrickson is just great for this role and what's funny is lance hendrickson actually was going go, gonna go for the severin role at first right. but then bill paxton got it and Lance Hendrickson's like, well, I could go with the Jesse role, too. I could see myself in that. Mm. So, but, uh, no, that's, I mean, that's the end of the movie. It's, again, the last 10 to 15 minutes is just so rough of a movie that is almost, it's pretty fucking damn good. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, when we were watching the credits, I saw that Bob Ivy did stunts. Uh, Bob Ivy played Bubba Hotep. Oh, oh, you know what? Just a fucking coincidence. There it is right there, man. It's all part of the static podcast, static zone cinematic universe again, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it is. Ladies and uh, gentlemen. Do we want to get into some of the, the, the factoids? Uh, yeah, we can hop into those. Uh, a lot of this stuff is stuff pulled from IMDb, but has been confirmed in the documentary that we were talking about. So, right, uh, we Shit, already talked about a little bit. Bob Ivy. I had to double check myself. I clicked on yeah. IMDb. His name. Oh, you didn't. You didn't fully believe yourself. <laughs> Bob Ivy sounds like a common name to me. So, oh, speaking of me, just doing this. Okay, my two favorite parts of this movie: finger looking good, but then yeah. also um, uh, when. Um, when Caleb comes back into the hotel room, sees Sarah and says, that's my sister. And it pans over to Lance's character. And he's like, ta-da. He doesn't say that, yeah. but he does that gesture of just like, he's just like, a fucking like, course fucking she great. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause ta-da. he's, he's just been around for so long. He's like, God fucking damn it. Yep, and then like shit. the dad comes in. Well, the dad comes in and, and Caleb's like, dad. And he goes, son. And then Lance goes, son. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's 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 just very strong movie again up until that last. I, I don't know. There's I don't know how else you would end the movie. I can't think of another way to end it. But right. like, yeah, 
it wouldn't really be a blood transfusion. I wouldn't think that. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know but how anyway, else you'd do it. I really, I'm trying to think uh, of like other we, ways vampires have gotten turned back into humans in movies, and I can't think of it. It's some kind of government serum or something like that, or some ancient spell or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but the first bit of trivia that we have is a little bit of, I mean, we already talked about it, how Lance Hendrickson got really into his role. Like he made sure like it had a backstory. Uh, he was a Confederate, uh, captain. There was even, he had a ponytail that he dipped in tar. Like apparently people used to do that back in the day and all that stuff. That whole ponytail, but yeah. I mean, it looks great for his character, though. Like, it's and like we said it. too, he he wanted to make sure that you could see his chest bones whenever he had like a low cut shirt on. So he made like he basically was starving himself to the point where yeah. he almost threw his back out because he lost so much muscle mass. And mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, I should probably eat." So, yep. <laughs> but that's I mean, the 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 hardcore actors that they'll get into the role and do that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh. Let's see. There was another one where Bill Paxton, like he was in the full makeup of his head split open and all that stuff. And uh, uh, they had to deal with a train during filming. So at the because they were filming at the same intersection every night. So one night Bill Paxton was in makeup and he just went up to one of the conductors and was like, what was it? He says, hey, man, there's been an accident. And if you think I'm bad, wait till you see the other guy. Lance Hendricks, because they would fuck with people all the time. And he was just like, that guy almost passed out. Like, it was great. (laughs) The other one's with the cop. (laughs) Lance Hendricks is insane. (laughs) Basically, Lance Hendrickson is eyeing up this cop after he pulls them over for doing over 80. And he just freaks the cop out to the point that he lets them go. Because he's still in makeup and everything. Yeah, they're still still in in makeup and everything. And he was like eyeing them up and down like a tasty meal. So... Well, Bill Pax is just like in the comic or the documentary. He's like, I have had some run in with the law because he's from the Fort Worth area. So he's like, whenever so he a cop a pulls up behind me. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, when I, he goes, I tense up a little bit. So during this whole interaction, I'm like, Lance, man, just stop it. Drop the act, man. Just be cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's 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 pretty good. Uh, what was it? I already talked about the boredom between takes that Lance Hendrickson would drive around the desert if, and I confirm this, if you go to 2224, approximately on the DVD movie, when Caleb is stumbling through the town in Texas, in the background, there's a oh, movie there theater that has, that has aliens on it. And then okay. I took a screenshot for the docket. And I'm just like, ah, there you go. Subtle, subtle hints in there and all that. That's funny. That's also a slight jab. Maybe, maybe not because it was put out by Fox, but it's under the Warner Theater. Maybe. That's true. Yeah. So. Uh, and then that's basically it for the factoids because we talked about everything else. We talked about the production of uh, the movie production went under or that company went under. So the marketing was terrible, but this is such a, so this is a very, at first I thought it was a dialogue and character driven movie, which it is, but it's an amalgamation of everything. Like the set pieces are great. The scenes are great. Dialogue's great. Uh, practical effects are great. CGI is not great, but <laughs> uh, nah, I it was a good movie. I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a very long time, and I'm glad we finally did. And it's it's very I highly recommend it. So that's all right. Fuck you. <laughs> I guess we got to go to the rating thing now, right? What do we? What are uh, you I gonna give it well, out? We 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 going a little bit too far ahead of schedule. We got a couple of Rotten Tomatoes reviews here. Um, you mean you made somebody do it for you? <laughs> uh, it's called out. It's called outsourcing when you're under a time crunch, sir. 
So is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got what I want to start doing is having the Rotten Tomatoes section or just the uh, it's the fun. review. So we got a good and a bad. Um, so we'll go. Do you want good or bad first? What do you want? I want this bad one, and I want you to say the name. Uh, this is by Bill P. So it's Bill Paxton <laughs> from the grave. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, one out of five Rotten Tomatoes. I don't get it. After reading so many positive reviews, I was eager to see this film. I have to say, I don't see what other people see seem to see in this movie. It violates its own internal logic, e.g. they establish that normal food makes a vampire sick, but in the first scene, May is standing on the street with an ice cream cone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the vampires are assholes who can never seem to plan ahead about sunrise while they run around incriminatingly murdering everybody in sight. The dialogue is unnatural and the plot is cheesy. It's a goofy 1980s vampire action movie, and why do so many reviews call the main character a cowboy? He does ride a horse at one point, but otherwise he's just a guy in a cowboy hat. One out of five. Man, that's just a guy that doesn't get it. And yeah. that's recent. That's January 17th, 2023. Well, keep trying, buddy. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go with the good one. Jesse O. 30 years on and Near Dark still holds up. A young Bill Paxton steals the show as a Texas vampire who's equal parts bikey and cowboy, even amongst such stars yeah. as Lance Hendrickson and Adrian Pazdar. One of the most influential vampire films of all time, its vibrations can still be felt in the monster movies of today, and while that's not always a good thing, it's noteworthy, and Near, near Dark in and of itself is a great southern gothic tale up for the modern world. Uh, three and a half out of five. Jesse O. I, I agree with that. I like that. That's what I was going to say, too. I wanted to talk about each of the characters, the main four characters they definitely uh, of spoke the family. higher than a three and a half out of five, though, with that review. Like, uh, like yeah, maybe about four to four point five or something like that. But yeah, I like that Jesse. each one. So Lance Hendrickson, he's his character. Jesse is around the Civil War area. He kind of dresses like you can kind of tell he's got a distinct look and all that. Uh, Bill Paxton Severin is kind of like what his little brother would be, because in the documentary, yeah. they kind of. They kind of built up this theory that during the Civil War, Jesse lost his little brother, and that's why he turned oh. Severin is because Severin was so much like his little brother. Gotcha. Uh, but he's very biker, cowboy esque kind of. And then you have uh, Diamondback, who's kind of like a fifties. Well, not even fifties, but it's more like a elegant nineteen thirties air. Like when glamour went bad is basically what they said in the documentary. I thought she said Great Depression or something, too. Yeah, that's what it was, Great Depression. But she was talking about how her hair was, too. Sure, so she sure wanted to make was. sure with all that. Yeah. And then they had uh, uh, Homer's, like, a 50s kid because mm -hmm. he's got all this. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. They're all, they're all, they all, it doesn't feel like it's all a blur, like a gray mess. They're all iconic characters in their own right, which yeah. I really respect and understand. So yeah, they stood out in their own way. They didn't all they didn't feel like extras. It, it was important that this movie had a small cast. Yes, it did. So that's good. I like that. I like finding good ones and I like finding bad ones and bringing those up. So do you? Uh, oh, you mean the reviews? Yeah, yeah. That's why I meant the reviews. Uh, I thought you meant the movies. I mean, speaking of reviews, we got to give it our review, right? Yeah, I was trying to look off look look at my quotes and see if there's anything else really worth mentioning but uh we, we went we kind of we hit a lot of it it's good you, i mean we kind of went through the synopsis if you're someone that listens to podcasts and don't watch the movies this is one that i advocate very hardcore on our podcast watch this movie if you can find it that's the yeah. problem though you gotta figure you gotta fucking find it somewhere that's the that only is, downside that's why i was floored when Corey found it just like nonchalantly and we were over here like 
telling yeah. multiple people who go to. Well, I, I had already seen it at that point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm glad it wasn't all hype though. I'm glad that we both legitimately enjoyed it. So. Yeah. Um, so what do you give it then? How many? No, I want uh, you to go first. How many? Uh, what is this out? Well, well I, I'm going to choose what I give it out of. Out of what? You oh, get to good. choose what you give yeah, it out of. Out of what? Yeah, consistency. Who wants that? So let's each pick our own thing. Um, yeah, and never hold us to it. That was a. All right. Um, how many blood transfusions out of five? If I'm, if I'm, gonna I'm going with pole cats. So <laughs> I'm going with smelly pole cats. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. I'll give it a I'll give it a four and a half out of five. I'm that's exactly what I was going to say as well. Oh, okay. it, it, do, it doesn't get a five because of the last 10 to 15 minutes. I gotcha. I think the rest of the movie is pretty fucking solid. It's pretty good. But that last 10 to 15 minutes is and I'm giving it four point five out of five smelly pole cats. So <laughs> you got to put smelly. I got it. So there good. we go. Relax. We're here. We did not think about a movie for the next one What's at all, a did we? <laughs> Is that just something to say? I, I don't fucking know. I, yeah. I mean, I'm from the South. I don't know all of it, though. So, uh, We did not pick a movie for next time uh, because this, due to scheduling, was recorded shortly after Bubba Hotep. Not in the same day or anything, but sooner than we would normally record. That in mind, we're also recording before I do my 12-hour stream. Rachel and I do our 12-hour stream for Extra Life, so... Thank you in uh, this is past Scotty saying to future people. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out. If you helped us raise money, thanks. If you just came and hung out, mm-hmm. that's cool, too. What's up, guys? Future Scotty coming at you after the Saturday Marathon for Extra Life. Thank you so much for everybody that showed up. We hit the $500 goal and then went on to $750. That's amazing. And that's only the first marathon of the year. But you can see in the video, all the plushies and the ramen lady are behind me backing things up but again just wanted to pop in real quick and record a big thank you to everyone uh welcome to anybody any newcomers who found us through that that's pretty cool but again thank you guys it's the first of a couple marathons did it for extra life it was a lot of fun rachel and i had a lot of fun we hope you did too all right throwing it back to the static zone boys um i still stream every thursday though and Corey streams sometimes as well. We just streamed together. I forgot what we played. Die Hard Arcade. Die Hard. That Die Hard Arcade. There you go. <laughs> Die Hard Arcade. We beat it. We we beat it. 21 minute speed run. Um, One of the best ways to get credits I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> yes, by playing another game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think we've each got stuff going on. That's all we have really going on. Otherwise, click that's on all, yeah. social media stuff. Um, and we do not have the next movie, but we will let you know on the we'll get a sneak peek on the tweets and the grams and the whatevers when we do have one. Um, but yeah, I think that's let's do it. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's any. Uh, we both, even though we didn't give it a perfect score, we both say go watch this movie, find it somehow, some way. Definitely, shape, absolutely, form, definitely. Form. Be it. Uh, no, I'll leave it at that. But if you're you getting do, a little yeah. bit of static. Don't touch that dial because you're right where you need to be in the static zone. I'll shoot your pecker off, boy.
separate your head from your shoulders. Do it fast. All right. The time's wrong. No! He might as well just kill me then, too. Caleb Colton no longer belongs to our world. We'll give him a week to see if we can call him one of us. He belongs to hers. But you have to learn to kill. He belongs to theirs. I don't want to kill. He makes a kill tonight. And they all belong to the night. It's three hours short for a bus to get home. You help me out? What are you on? Believe me, I told you. Don't think of it as killing. Evening. Evening. Come on. Don't think at all. It's just something that you do night after night. It's only ever a question of time. Nervous? I would be too if I were you. Near dark. Be your boys fall in with control. Check out time. Some time, son. God damn, this is my family. Let him go. Near dark. Pray for daylight. The night has its price.